I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency. With your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure, it's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Finding Your Frequency. Thank you so much for tuning in for another wonderful episode right here on the voiceamerica.com variety channel. You know, Voice America and Finding a Frequency is always trying to find, you know, some really cool guests doing really cool things out and uh, out and about in space and, uh, you know, bringing that to you guys, the listeners, so you can, you know, be uh, be made aware of some things that are happening out there in the world. And, you know, today is no change, no different than, you know, any other day that uh, we bring uh, nice guests over here uh, to the Finding a Frequency show. Uh, so, again, I want to I want to uh, thank everybody for tuning in and listening. And don't forget, we're all over uh, social media media all over the uh, podcast spaces. You can check us out on Apple. You can check us out on Spotify or any of the other uh, destinations where podcasts are found. There's too many to list. Uh, literally hundreds of sites uh, that have that the content on there. And of course, you can always find us on voiceamerica.com. That's the home of finding a frequency. And today we have a a fantastic guest. We're going to talk about some uh, some stuff that we haven't really got into before on uh, finding your frequency. A little uh, information about uh, politics and some stuff that's happening uh, with an organization called Disapprove.org. And today we're going to talk to Jessica Higgins, a serial entrepreneur uh, who's created companies in technology, finance, consulting, healthcare, and politics. Uh, with her first book, Ten Skills for Business Communication, which released at number one in Amazon New Releases for Communication and Social Skills. And as you guys know, I do a radio show, so I'm all about communication and social skills. Uh, and her work involves uh, helping individuals and organizations grow their financial and self-worth through forward-thinking strategies. Welcome to the show, Jessica Higgins. Jessica, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Let's, uh, let's communicate. <laughs> yeah, you, you, like, you like that? I got an in-studio audience. I, I like it. I, like it. I enjoy the I, I enjoy the applause of you know in business they, they you don't usually get you don't usually get them you kind of get like you know thanks for doing the thing you're meant to do so getting applause is a is a sweet kind of different different approach for my day thank you for that oh you're very very welcome we try to do things a little differently here on finding your frequency you know uh, there's a lot of people out there making audio content and so uh, we learned a long time ago that you have to kind of set yourself apart and be a little bit different than everybody else so that way you can you know keep the audience engaged and so one of those is you know just by by being uh you know thankful for our guests for being on i mean you t you guys take time out of your day to sit here and talk to me and you know you and i don't know each other uh we we met for the first time just right now so uh, i appreciate you being on thank you no oh, yeah thanks for having me so um what would you like to uh to dive into first well, you know, finding your frequency is, is, it's about the journey. It's about that, you know, that moment where you, you know, bam, aha, you, you're, this is what I'm doing. This is how I found my frequency. This is, this is how I follow my passion with what I'm, what I'm doing. And, you know, the information that came across my desk is actually quite, it's quite funny. Um, but it's also uh, something that's, I think, very needed uh, today. And, you know, so let's talk about disapprove.org and uh, a little bit about, you know, how and why that got started, maybe starting from the beginning and how you got involved. 
Sure. So when I was in college, I, you know, I always wanted to be in business and I always wanted to make lots of money. And I, I got this weird statistic that like women were making 65 cents on the dollar to men. And I thought, well, gee, that sucks. And so I created this, um, basically I joined this organization and became their president of the Texas Pay Equity Committee. Um, not to like help humanity, but just because I was like, this sucks. Like we, you know, if I'm going to go out in the world and work, I at least be making more money. Right. And so, um, I kind of selfishly did that and it ended up in the, uh, what was the, became the Lilly Ledbetter law, which was the first, um, bill signed into law by president Obama. And so back in college, I learned, you know, that if you selfishly don't like what's going on in politics, then the best thing that you can do is actually just do something about it. And it's actually not very hard because um, politics and politicians are such a stale area that nobody really cares about. And um, so, you know, we, we saw the largest government shutdown in history from December 23rd until, um, I mean, we just reopened. And so in my opinion, you know, selfishly right now, if, if Congress was a company, they'd be the worst run company in the whole of the United States. So why are we letting them <laughs> That's continue? That's an understatement. And so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can't even keep yourself open. You know, like Walmart can be pretty evil, but they can at least stay open. They can at least give people jobs. I mean, we had all of our government workers not getting paid for two months. That's ridiculous. And so um, our organization was formed to create uh, advocacy, awareness, and get people to pledge to vote in new Congress members and get rid of these incumbents because most of these incumbents are sitting around. It's like 97% reelection rate. So what's happening is most people don't like how Congress is being run, but they're honestly just not willing to actually care to vote in new people. And so uh, this is kind of a, you know, disapprove.org is the reverse of like care.org. But we're really saying, you know, you should care about local politics. You should selfishly care what's going on. And so if you can go on to disapprove and pledge your vote to just in, in a nonpartisan way, just vote in someone, you know, someone new who could possibly be better. And so, over time, we'll be, you know, informing the people who have pledged to, to make, you know, different choices on the, you know, the local level, all the way up to to the Congress level. And and we see, you know, we see people starting to care. Like if you look at Chicago right now, they're just now getting rid of a mayor who is, you know, accepting of just awful racism against a large percentage of the community for forever and ever. And so. I'm not saying vote Republican. I'm not saying vote Democrat. I'm saying let's start voting our own beliefs into Congress. And you make a good point, too. Uh, I was following that government shutdown. And one of the stories I think that really smacked me in the face and, you know, made me irate as an American was that you have, you know, organizations who uh, and food banks and, and such that are gathering food and supplies. And, you know, these these supplies and these things are meant for people who are less fortunate. You know, you know, maybe a, a single mom who has a few children that she needs to feed and she's having a problem maybe making some ends meet uh, you know in between jobs whatever the case may be and you have all these organizations uh, who basically took a pivot and, and stopped for a moment and said oh hey sorry less fortunate people um, we're not going to help you for a few days because the government is shut down and our government workers who are living paycheck to paycheck just like the rest of America are sitting over here who now they have no paycheck so now they made a decision and I, I thought it was great that they were able to help those folks but you know it's like if the government wasn't shut down in the first place, these other organizations wouldn't have had to stop their mission of helping the less fortunate to move over and help government employees because they were out for, you know, like you said, it was like the longest shutdown ever. And that really made me upset because I'm like, I'm like, 
as much as I appreciate the government workers who work for America, they shouldn't have to go through that. And the other people should continue to get the support from those organizations that are designed for that, you know? No, absolutely. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, the way that politics is created today is designed to create human apathy. So if you take an example of business again, um, politics is designed to make people not care. So let's say if I did what politicians do to get elected, but I ran Nike. So if I ran Nike and I was doing the political move, I would spend all of my ad campaigns telling you why Adidas sucks, never buy Adidas shoes, Adidas shoes are the worst, it's just a mudslinging campaign and it's not designed to make you buy more Nike shoes or less Adidas. It's made you, it makes you feel so uncomfortable with both sides that you just don't want any tennis shoes at all by the, you know, <laughs> the end of the year of ad spend of hearing mudslinging campaigns about tennis shoes, you go, you know what? I think I'll wear flip flops. Yeah, I mean, so that's how politics is designed and it. And that style of marketing to make people not care is, Oh, it's, it's horrible. I think we've, I think we've hit the inflection point where we, need to actually say, okay, I think it's time for us to worry about what's going on. Because if you look, I mean, we're in a turning point with our presidential kind of awareness of how people get elected, but at the local level is where things actually matter. That's where the things that affect your family and yourself Mm -hmm. are really happening is at this local political level, but nobody seems to care about that. And so we're kind of trying to flip that around and make people care. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, and I think you're I think you made a good point like those those campaigns and I'm going to give you an example just because of like my locality when we were going through the voting process and we had the senator position available for Arizona and we had um, uh, Kirsten Cinema and Martha McSally like over here dueling it out. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm watching these ad campaigns go across television and 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 radio between these two, you know, different parties and I'm going this is insane because every time I heard one of those commercials, it was never like, you know, hey, I believe in this and I can help, you know, do this. This is why I should be a senator. It was exactly that. It was a smear campaign on both sides with one person just berating the other person. And it for me as a voter, I ended up with just a huge bad taste in my mouth for the whole process as a whole. And you're right. Like it was like you explained. It was like I didn't even want any tennis shoes. I didn't want anything to do with, you know, that cycle of voting at all it really put me off and i did not vote that that election i was really really like i'm done i'm not messing with this i'm not even gonna go vote i i I can't even put my vote on either one of these party members just specifically because of the way each one has ran their campaign i would just checked out (laughs) no yeah i mean it was how that's how our president got elected as everyone says you know voting sucks it takes a ton of time out of my day and at the end of the day, I was feeling like I was voting between the lesser of two evils. And, and that's how the process is designed. And so I selfishly believe that career politics is not expertise in the fields of things that matter, but that there are people who have experience who, if the gates were open, they would be interested in running for, you know, politics and becoming politicians just to do better things in the world. And so... I'm just kind of selfishly trying to make that happen so we can get some reasonableness in um, because your ability to get reelected every, you know, every election cycle does not, to my mind, qualify your ability to represent me on the issues that matter most to me. Well, yeah. And I mean, you also, you know, think about 
like term limits and stuff like that. You have some of these senators who are, you know, literally in Congress for like their entire life, 50, 60 years type of thing. And I and I honestly wholeheartedly believe that when you are in that space for so long, you have to at some point have lost touch with your constituents just from a just simply from a socioeconomic age range type of thing. There is no way that an 80 year old senator can have any clue or idea, you know, what a 30 year old millennial is thinking or what they're going through. And to translate that over to any real change from the political spectrum, in my opinion. No, absolutely. It's funny. We were laughing about like looking at my, you know, 70 year old father try to use his phone going. <laughs> These are the people that are running our country. And it's like the world has changed. I mean, just watching everyone question Mark Zuckerberg for me was a real turning point and probably was the seed behind disapprove in a lot of ways because watching these people try to talk about technology to someone is, is it was just humiliating for our country. And it's, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on term limits. The problem with term limits, and we have examined that, is term limits are a lot tougher of uh, kind of a, you know, a space to tackle over the long term because there are so many interest groups, private interest groups that are funding all of our Congress people that, you know, the fringe wealthy are getting elected and reelected. Congress people, it's not in their best interest to create term limits. And so that's down the road. Right now we're looking at how do we reset and level the playing field so that we can have you know, in business, we look at innovation, right? You need an, an influx of new ideas. You need the ability to push those new ideas forward. I mean, as you know, incumbents who have been in the job for 10, 20 years, they're writing the party line that's going to continue getting them reelected and that's going to continue getting them like privately funded by interest groups. There's no ability to create oh, new ideas and it's innovation stifle, in it, that It space. stifles innovation. It stops it in its tracks. It doesn't even allow it to happen. I mean, and, and I agree, term limits are probably... Um, term limits are the result, right? You talk about term limits and it's like, okay, well, we need to have term limits, but the term limits are a result of the inactivity of people that bring, you know, new, new, uh, new, new players to the game for lack of a better term, right? So you have the same old people there all the time. I guess you wouldn't even really need term limits if there was, you know, more players in the game on both sides from the voters and from the political spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think it comes down to the 97% reelection rate. You know, we're just not paying attention to who we're electing and so what's happening is you've got these um, people who are getting reelected every year because they're being funded by the wealth of interest groups that keep getting them reelected so you've got you know Joe campaigners being funded by American tobacco well they're going to pump all the money into making sure he's got all the fancy advertisements and then everybody hears his name over and over again they go to the ballot they don't take the time to learn about anybody else and so they just vote him back in and so as an advocacy and awareness play, um, my team and I are trying to point out the ridiculousness of the current state of affairs and just saying like, look, you know, we're not telling you to vote Republican. We're not telling you to vote Democrat. We're just saying like, you know, this is the way the system is designed. And if you don't like it, you should probably, you know, take the self-awareness to, to make this better. 
for yourself. I like the fact that right? I, I like the <laughs> fact that you use the term ridiculousness because it it you know I, I have I have children and you know we I talk to my daughter all the time about like you know what it what it truly means to be silly you know and there, it's one thing to be silly fun and then there's another thing to just be straight silly which is ridiculousness and that's literally what's happening it's just a, it's like a silly clown show of you know ridiculousness that's happening in our in our government today and and that's a great segue yeah. right when you talk about silly fun um you guys came up with a really interesting way to you know kind of i guess uh poke the bear a little bit right and have a little fun at it while you're still maintaining um your status quo is what you're trying to accomplish with uh, disapprove.org uh tell us a little bit about the fortune cookies right so we like to um create what i consider positive disruption whereas you know, whereby we are creating a ruckus in the system, but doing so in a constructive and kind of a classy manner. So on DonaldJTrump.com right now, any person who wants a wall to be built in this country can mail a brick to a congressperson. You can log on to Donald Trump's actual website and he will sell you a brick that he will mail to a congressperson. Um, So we didn't know about that when we pulled our little prank, but what we decided to do was create a series of, um, you know, outside of the kind of thuggish brick idea, we thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice to send everybody a box of fortune cookies? Because isn't it nice to get that fortune cookie at the end of your meal? And, you know, you get to kind of, it's like the mystery of what, what's coming out of that. So um, we created a box of fortune cookies that have a series of political hexes in them. And so we're spreading a little bad karma all over Congress. Um, so we mailed those out to every incumbent member of Congress. And our fortune cookies had things that included, may every one of your chocolate chip cookies actually be filled with raisins. Um, <laughs> there was one of our hexes that said, uh, may you lose the next election by one vote and find out it was your own mother who voted against you. Um, and, and we mailed these to everyone in Congress. So we thought, you know what, like, let's just see what happens and see if we can't spread a little bad karma and generate a little, um, generate a little awareness around, you know, the fact that these people couldn't even keep the government open for two months. Um, they got zero repercussions for that. You know, everybody didn't get paid for two months. Who was a government, I mean, most of the government employees, the non, considered non-essentials, um, you know, didn't get paid for two months. And, and so we thought, you know, let's spread a little accountability by, you know, sharing a little bad karma with them. And so um, we started getting tweets. Nobody really knew what was going on. Some people thought it was kind of funny. I think a lot of them got thrown out because, I don't know, maybe people don't like cookies as much as we thought they did. But um, yeah, it was, it was either that or word, word, word spread, and they're like, "Hey, did you get the fortune cookie?" They're like, "Oh yeah, I got the fortune cookie. I looked inside of it. I was not happy." And then they're like, "Well, I'm not even opening my fortune cookie then because it's all bad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was. It kind of. It was. I think it landed on like Huffington Post first. It was like there's some kind of mysterious fortune cookie thing going on. <laughs> like somebody keeps mailing us fortune cookies, and then it went on to um, Time Magazine. It went into L magazine, which I thought was a little different. And uh, but it was really, it was kind of a funny little little prank, you know, um, for us to spread some bad karma and also maybe a few laughs. But um, you know, setting into motion these different ways that people can positively um, disrupt politics was our our overall intention, right? So yeah. um, right now, everyone's fractionalized. Nobody's really you know, gathering together. People are just independently sitting behind their computers, tweeting angry things and complaining on the internet. And the truth of the matter is that you're never going to make anything move forward with that. 
So you actually have to take an action that's a positive action that is a disruption in in a progressive way and in a constructive way that will actually move things forward. And so, um, you know, our idea was let's spread some national attention around this kind of silly thing and make people realize, you know, it's mailing us. I mean, us mailing everybody fortune cookies is a, is a heck of a lot more effective than your angry tweet, your angry tweets, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of tweets, this is what this is funny. I'm just reading this off of the uh, presser that we received uh, about what you guys are doing. It says that, um, uh, Senator Ben Sassy tweeted, I've been getting some anonymous fortune cookies from an angry American, and I think it's time to give props for creativity with a follow up of today's cookie expressed a hope for me to be, quote, trapped in an elevator with folks who are really angry at me. <laughs> so I just wanted to I just wanted to share that with the listeners so they kind of understand, like, I know you had the other one that you mentioned earlier about, you know, may all your chocolate chocolate chip cookies have raisins in them. And then this one is, you know, may you get trapped in an elevator with people who are angry at you. Um, but I mean, yeah, what if that really happened? You know, if, if 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 a senator really, truly was in an area where people were unhappy with them, um, maybe it would actually force them to take a look at themselves and, and, and make a change. Right. Well, that was what was really uncomfortable about it is we were trying to create, you know, this whole this whole movement is about us saying, you know, the 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 way that we progress is to come together and agree over one thing and we move that one thing forward. And for us, that's disapproved because whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, I don't care what party you're for. You have to disapprove of the way things are going right now. And that was really confirmed with that tweet, because when when Senator Ben Sass tweeted that it was thousands of comments being like, I wish I was trapped in an elevator with you. Is that what it would take to get your attention? And people, you know, constituents saying, I've mailed you 50 letters complaining about your stance on this issue. Why are you not paying attention to me? And so much anger came from that. And it's so clear that, you know, everyone is feeling the same way. They're not being heard and they're right. I mean, if you want to pretend like your senators are actually listening to you and moving, you know, your issues forward, if you write down five things that are important to you and you you know, show that your local elected officials are moving those things forward, then I would love to live wherever you are living. Because right now, our culture is so disconnected from politics. But I absolutely agree with you. I think we should all get trapped in an elevator with our uh, elected official and, you know, get to have a moment to say what's on our mind or better yet, vote a better one in. Oh, yeah, we would definitely give them a stern talking to, that's for sure. What would you say? Well, who, who actually, who is your, who is, I don't know who your Congress people are it's over there in Phoenix. Honestly. Yeah. Are you ready for this? It's Kirsten Cinema. Um, <laughs> uh, at the, at the national level, um, it was just crazy, right? Because we had um, Senator John McCain's seat that was up and uh, John Kyle had kind of filled in for that till we could have a special election and uh, whatever. Right. So then we ended up having Kirsten Cinnamon in and then uh, the other seat came up and our governor designated the other. So, so the two people who were uh, who were who were fighting against each other uh, in the voting race both ended up becoming senators anyways. The person so that the people didn't even your, vote for your answer. So your answer is very peculiar to me because most people couldn't even answer. Like I was, a, it was a fully a trick question. Most people don't even know <laughs> who their Congress people are. And I mean, that's, I think part of it is like, we want to take out all of the work for you. It's okay to be lazy voter. God knows most of us are right. So we just want to send you the facts on both sides so that you can have an easy, more educated opinion, whichever way you'd like to go. Um, with your vote, but you should at least be able to make an educated vote. Whereas 
uh, it seems a lot better to do it that way than just letting, you know, whoever can buy the most ad space convince you that they like guns, they like guns and God or whatever they're going (laughs) to tell you to get your vote. Um, and that's what angers me so much about, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Tell me. Well, I was just going to say, that's what angers me so much about my local government, right? Is we had a, we had a, a specific special election to fill a seat, right? The person who ended up becoming elected goes off to go do that. There's still an open seat. Why would we not have another election to elect that person rather than letting our governor of Arizona just choose who he and his folks decide they want to be? And then when they do make that decision, they end up putting in uh, the person who lost the vote from the people. And now we have both candidates, one voted in one not voted in in the seats and i don't think the one that was not voted in deserves the seat because that's not what the people wanted we as a people should be able to make that decision we should have had another election a special election specifically for that you know but no 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 our law says that the 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 governor gets to appoint that person which i think is silly because you end up with uh, again another partisan divide based upon what the people don't want <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and what's sad is the statistical chance of him getting reelected is now very high um, because once he's seated, special interests, fringe millionaires know that they can pay to make more votes happen for him, and they can pay him to represent them. Now, and I will. That's what I, happens I, with incumbents. I will over say time. one. I will say one thing that is good about what happened is we ended up being like we ended up sending two female senators to Washington, um, which is the first time that's ever happened in the history of the United States where both of the representatives of a given state are female. So I think that's cool from a milestone perspective of us, you know, uh, being, uh, you know, uh, allowing women to kind of come in and do uh, uh, the same jobs that men are doing and all of that. So that's great. Like we have two women senators, but the way that that happened is what I'm not happy about. No, it's, it's funny you mention that because I think that it's a weird cultural time right now. I think it's a very opportunistic cultural time for us because people are kind of shaken up right now and they're not, you know, there was a time where we were very much stuck in our own ways, just voting, you know, the party lines. And what I do see is like for better or for worse, people are a little up, more upset. People are paying a little more attention. People are taking stronger stances on new things, you know, whether it's women or issues or what have you. Um, and, and that bringing diversity in is great. Bringing diversity of ideas in is great. We just have to get the general public to agree, right? Um, that, that this stuff should matter. And once we get that, you know, then it's a matter of, you know, creating education, nonpartisan education is super important and in real awareness outside of news media, um, because, you know, news media isn't always well, on our are, back or always well, on our those, side well, when it comes are, to the decision making. Well, those process. are jaded too. I mean, and it, so that's, that's the goal. <laughs> a lot of those special interest companies and big corporations are the ones who like own the news media outlets and they're able to, you know, kind of, I, w- I wouldn't say control the narrative, but definitely bend it in a manner, you know, the, to, to get across information. It's so funny when I watch the news, you can watch the same news story on two different outlets and the way that it's portrayed, it's almost like it's two separate stories and that that stuff just blows my mind where the media has decided that they're going to report things the way that they want rather than providing facts uh, i think i think that there should be i think they should be held liable there should be a law they should go to jail if they say something that's not truth <laughs> well it's funny that you say that because um part of our advocacy and awareness is actually we've published all the various crimes that have been committed by congress people 
So you can log on to disapprove.org and part of the informational session section is a, it, it kind of looks like a fun, one of those like trading card games where it's got the headshot and then you can flip it over digitally and you can read about the different crimes, whether it's, you know, embezzlement or sexual allegations. So that's a fun game you can play on disapprove.org. But yeah, whether <laughs> you are a convicted criminal or not, um, I still think that there are, you know, there are so many different layers of accountability that are just missing today from politics. And that's frustrating. So, uh, yeah, we're on a selfish mission to make people better educated and aware of these things. Um, and then once we give you the information, you know, vote however you want. But there's also a uh, the third step is the pledge to vote. So you actually have to go out and, you know, vote and um, maybe, you know, vote some new people in and get some fresh blood in there and see what happens. Because I know that it can't be any worse than what we're dealing with now. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and I, I feel like just as a father, I have a fiduciary responsibility, you know, to my family and to my fellow Americans to try to do, you know, whatever I can to, you know, make this place better for my children when I leave. Because right now, you know, like, it's it's in such flux it's it, it it's um it, it causes it causes societal anxiety you know what i mean and and it's it's just not uh it's not the america that i grew up with yeah it's sad to say that right i mean i i was the first generation of millennial and i've watched social media create a new sense of just complete selfishness in humanity um it's the selfie culture that we live in today and i think about those days of civic duty of like when the neighborhood used to, you know, raise the children and all these things. And I don't believe that, I believe that every generation talks about how they're the best and the worst generation that's ever existed. And I don't believe any of us are any better or worse than each other. We just are faced with a different set of issues that we have to deal with. And so I think that bringing civic responsibility in the age of digital media is not something that any one group could actually do but if we could all together start doing our part that would be awesome because <laughs> i agree with you yeah no you you definitely have uh the the roadmap kind of figured out on you know some of these initiatives that that we need some help with uh jessica you know as you as you think about you know this that you're doing with disapprove.org and you know your your books that you've written and all that what what's next on the horizon for you uh after you know disapprove or not really after but in conjunction with what 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 other kind of uh cool initiatives or things that you think you'll be doing in the future sure so disapprove is, is a nonprofit. it's a pet project um and on the business front i launched 60 businesses in the beginning of 2019 um, I basically, my career has just been a, a series of me kind of being, uh, like an outsider looking at things from a logical perspective and seeing, you know, things that are broken and creating solutions. So, um, right now I've launched uh, something in the financial technology services space. that's very exciting. You know, we're looking at creating transparency and, um, safety for small business lending environments through a company infactor.com, which you can check out if you're a small business or loan originator, um, different fun projects. Honestly, it's always just looking at the way things are going and trying to find ways to make them better because I'm constantly on a mission to help others. Um, I have a marketing agency. Uh, whew, I don't know. I should probably, lots of, I sh lots of fun I, stuff. I should have probably said, is there something you don't do? <laughs> that, you know, right? Is yeah, there anything you don't do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer that like people who are aligned to creating great things can do a better job together than they can alone. So every one of my companies, it's just about 
finding a bunch of smart people who are on the same page and putting us all together and saying, okay, let's just do this, right? Like, let's just make something better in the world and let's make a ruckus. So um, you can follow all of it on jessicahiggins.co. I create a daily blog where I just write my random thoughts about things. And um, a lot of it is, you know, leadership tools, helping people personally develop, helping them think differently, um, trying to, I guess, trying to make the world a better place. <laughs> yeah, well, you, tru- you truly <laughs> fit in that space. For any one person, but yeah, whatever. You, and you truly <laughs> like, fit. In, you fit in that thought leadership space. I mean, like everything that you're doing is really centered around thought leadership, and you know, really giving people some additional tools, right? Whether it's their business or you know, on a political front, you know, just kind of putting it all in a basket of thought leadership and saying, "Hey, let me help you." Right? Yeah, I think it's a matter a matter of taking things that don't seem to fit together um, and fitting them together, right? So. Uh, whether it's, you know, adding a marketing layer into, um, you know, creating more political awareness or um, just taking disparate ideas and combining them to create interesting new solutions. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people want to be better. I believe that we all want to do our best. I just believe we largely lack the tools and the ideas and the strategies. And so, you know, if, um, if I can help be a conduit for that, then um, you know, you look around us, all the great things that humans have done, honestly, what more can we possibly do? And that's just a, a wonderful question to get to, you know, to both think about and also just hope to be part of the answer for. Wow. Well said. Well said. Jessica, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a really fun conversation. Thank you for being so politically knowledgeable too. That's awesome. Oh, I don't even consider myself politically knowledgeable, but thanks. I appreciate I'll, I'll take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a guy who listened to the radio a lot. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah. I wish I, I, I mean, I hope every single person listening can name their Congress people and then that's a good first step in the awareness. And then if you want to vote to, if you want to vote new people in and you want to get more information about, you know, how to maybe think about that differently then sign up at disapprove.org is all I can say. Awesome. Well, Hey guys, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to this. Jessica, thank you for your time as well. Uh, again, we're all over social media. You can check me out on uh, Twitter at radio, Ryan one Jeff's at Jeff Spinney two. And of course the radio shows website, finding your frequency.net. And of course our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash finding your frequency net. And then of course, we're going to always have some great new, exciting interviews coming up for you guys as an audience. Please uh, also make sure you rate us uh, on your favorite podcast app, uh, five stars because five stars are better than four. And we think think we deserve five stars jessica what do you think do you think the show deserves a five-star review yeah 5.5 Boom. i know you can't do that but yeah <laughs> five stars and write a review and honestly share it with your friends because that's how community gets created is sharing ideas absolutely so get forward to somebody that you think deserves to be more informed in the world yeah, and you, and you guys, as you're listening to the show, <laughs> if, if you guys think of uh, some questions that you might want to ask uh, or, or people that you think that we should be interviewing that you want to hear from, uh, you can also email info at voiceamerica.com and we'll be more than happy to take a look at uh, your guest ideas or uh, topic ideas for shows. And uh, we're always open to that. Jessica, again, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back right here on Finding Your Frequency with voiceamerica.com on the next episode.